0: I'm not even going to apologize. (laughs) Try not to judge me too hard. (laughs) I did, in fact, start my teaching with a high school musical video. Um, I couldn't help myself. It's just who I am. Um, Don't tell Raj. Okay, cool. (laughs) Uh, Why don't we pray after that? (laughs) Uh, God, thank you for this um, beautiful day. Thank you that we can all meet here and spend some time uh, looking at your word and figuring out what it means to do life together uh, because we're all in this together. I pray that you would just be with us this morning, be with me, help me to say the right words, just speak through me, God. And I pray that our hearts and our um, ears would just be open to what you have to teach us this morning. Uh, Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, I don't want to talk about High School Musical, unfortunately. Although, if enough people want to, you know, we can learn those dance moves and do like a flash mob or something another time. Uh, but I do want to talk about community and how we, the church, are all in this together, this, this life, this mission for God together. Um, the definition of doing life together, <clears throat> doing life together is to come to a place of dependence on one another. It's a way to trust one another and rely on them to invest in us, and they must rely on us to invest in them. Dependence. I want to talk to you about this for two reasons. One, it's really important. God created us to be relational, just like him, the Trinity, right? And in order to live the full life he intended for us, we need to be in relationship or have community with our church family. Two, we suck at it. Hopefully I'm not offending anyone here. Let me explain why I think that we suck at it. I'm not necessarily just talking about UCC or certain individuals, more so the body of Christ, uh, specifically in the 21st century. We live in a time and place where technology has completely taken over. We don't know how to have hard conversations. We live farther and farther apart, but because of transportation and stuff, we all can meet up on Sundays. But I live in Baden, for goodness sakes. Uh, In the Bible times, and even... Long after that, people were basically, they were forced to do, to have community, to do life together. Um, Not long ago, church communities all lived, like, on the same block, basically. They went to the same grocery store, probably because there was only one grocery store. Uh, They washed each other's kids. They cooked together. They uh, shared resources. Now, if we wanted to, we could all be hermits, because pretty much everything and anything you could ever want is delivered to your door. Thanks, internet. We don't need people the same way that we used to need people, right? Like we meet on Sundays, but you know, what Facebook is where I can talk to my friends on there, right? Uh, we have to be way more intentional uh, with our community these days, and it's a lot of work, and I don't think we're very good at it, to be honest. <clears throat> when I decided to speak about community about doing life together the first thing that popped to my mind was uh, a time that I went to visit another church in Hamilton so I was visiting because we know the pastors there and I walked up one Sunday morning to this small church um, and opened the doors and began to think like like a newbie like a first timer, and I'm thinking, okay, what's this church going to be like? Are they going to are they going to greet me? Where am I going to sit? Is the worship going to be good, or am I going to be critical the whole time? Do you think they can sing? All of those sort of you know judgmental things that your pastor should be telling you that you think about. Um, and in the midst of these thoughts, I was stopped. I opened the doors, I looked around, and I began to notice the way that the congregation moved. They did. There was something like tangible in the air or something. I can't really explain it to you other than I could could see their love for one another. Like, that's really weird. You don't, like, see love. But it felt, like, a lot more like an object, like something I could tangibly show you for some reason. Like, just just being in this building with them. I'm not not sure how else to explain it. But this is a perfect example of, I thought, that they were being countercultural. The way that they were greeting each other, setting up... um, I felt kind of like a bad Christian, actually. I'm not going to lie to you. I watched, and I was like, I'm doing something wrong. I don't know what they have, but I need more of that. It was really, really cool. So I actually got to sit down with the pastors afterwards and um, have lunch with them, and they explained to me kind of how they got to this place a little bit. They're not perfect. They're not perfect. Um, But they had some really cool things going on, and they explained to me that over the last couple years, they'd almost all moved, like, into the same neighborhood, into the same couple blocks. Like, the whole congregation were within blocks of each other. Oh, this is cool. Um, they integrated their lives together, um, utilizing each person's gifts and talents, uh, things like like weddings. Everybody was involved in somebody's wedding. Somebody could bake, somebody could sing, somebody could, like, whatever it was. Um, they did fundraisers, community outreach together. They helped each other move as slowly over the years they all moved down there. Uh, painting nurseries, you know, people were getting married, so people were having kids. Um, Everything they did together as a whole church community, it was this really cool thing. And, I, and I, ever since then, it's been this, this passion of mine, this community. How, how do we get there? What does that look like? But our culture today is kind of pushing us the other way. So it's kind of like walking against the wind a little bit. But that kind of inspired me for what I want to talk about today. I, just, I think we should all visit that church and get a little bit of that taste of, wow, like Actually, like each other. Not that I don't like you guys. Um, (laughs) But this this idea of community, of doing life together, those sort of cheesy statements that are probably overused and people don't really like to say them anymore, uh, I think we've kind of lost the real meaning of them. Culture has reshaped or redefined these words for us, and we don't always recognize it. Similar to the word love. In the English language, we just have one word for love. So I love my coffee. Like an amen. Uh, <laughs> people love like their Xbox or PlayStation. People love food. People love chocolate. Yes. But we also like love our husband, or wife. We love God. That's not the same, that's not the same love, right? Other languages have different words to describe these levels of love. But we just have this word love. And I think the same kind of goes for, for community. We've, We've wrecked it. We've changed the meaning of the word a little bit. We've taken a, a lifestyle and we put it in a box that we can check off if we go to Sunday morning service or if we go to a, a Bible study or a small group. Check. I have community. No problem. I think that we've all heard people or maybe ourselves say, you know, I'm a part of a community. I meet on Wednesday nights. I have a, I have a small group. We do a Bible study. You know, we, we share our feelings. I'm Definitely guilty of that. Uh, but I think that we're called to more than that. Something deeper, something, something raw, and something difficult. After taking a bit of a, a look-see at uh, Stats Canada, I found a few interesting things. Um, married people, for example, are the least likely to commit suicide, Perhaps because they have another person, a small taste of that, that community, that, those, that relationship that we're designed to have. Not that we all need to get married, but they have that, that community. That's somebody there, right? That's a, a vulnerable, raw relationship. The most common age of people committing suicide is middle-aged people. Interesting. They define middle-aged as um, 40 to 59 years old. And during that age, you're most likely working full-time. Uh, this is the age when you're most likely, um, like, least involved in social activities. And your children are becoming more independent and having their own lives. So you're having less community during this time. Now, I'm just kind of speculating. but There seems, this seems to be, these are some truths that I see here. Um, And if you don't agree with me, you can talk to me after. But I mean, these are, I'm not saying every single person there just needed more community and that would have been the solution. But these are some interesting thoughts. I'd like to share a story with you, if that's all right. An anthropologist studying the habits and customs of an African tribe found himself surrounded by children most days. So he decided to play a little game with them. He managed to get candy from the nearest town and put it all in a decorated basket at the foot of a tree. Then he called the children and suggested they play a game. When the anthropologist said, now, the children had to run to the tree, and the first one to get there could have all the candy to him herself. Sounds like a good game. I want in. Just push the kids. No. So, the ch- so the children all lined up waiting for the signal. You can feel the anticipation, right? little, like, 6 year olds ready to, like... You know? And when the anthropologist said, now, all the children took each other by the hand and ran towards the tree together. They all arrived at the same time, divided up the candy, sat down, and began to happily munch away. The anthropologist went over to them and asked why they had all run run together when any one of them could have had all the candy to themselves. The children responded, Ubuntu. Ubuntu. How can any one of us be happy if all the others were sad? Ubuntu is a philosophy of African tribes that can be summed up as, I am what I am because of who we all are. I am what I am because of who we all are. Bishop Desmond Tutu gave this um, explanation in 2008. One of the sayings in our country is, Ubuntu, the essence of being human. Ubuntu speaks particularly about the fact that you can't exist as a human being in isolation. It speaks about our interconnectedness. You can't be human all by yourself. And when you have this quality, Ubuntu, you are known for your generosity. We think of ourselves far too frequently just as individuals separated from one another. Whereas you are connected and what you do affects the whole world. When you do well, it spreads out for the whole of humanity. This is the true spirit of human development and cause of human evolution, Ubuntu. Once again, we are proud to say Ubuntu. I am what I am because of who we all are. This is not a story as such, but a feeling to be expressed. What a beautiful picture that paints for us. When... When he talked about um, that we're not just individuals separated from one another, that brings me right back to, to culture, to social media, to these subtle ideas that are, are put in our minds every single day about, like, you do you, and I'm gonna do me. And, you know, th- this works for me. Religion, it doesn't matter what the topic is. You know, I'll do, that's, that's good for you, but I'm gonna do me, and I'm gonna wear what I want, and I'm gonna say what I want. It's very me, 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 iPhone. Just saying. Uh, and it's all, it's all about us. We're very selfish. We're very focused on, on us and our things. Um, but when he, when he spoke to... We, we think of ourselves far too frequently as individuals separated from one another. But we really are connected. And what the things that we do do affect other people, do affect our community. And I think we've been brainwashed a little bit. And we need to remind ourselves... What we were created for. Uh, if you have your Bible this morning, uh, I'd like you to turn to Romans twelve four to five. Romans twelve four to five. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. There's a study on Romans done by Keith Crow, and he begins this one section by saying, what is God's will for my life? I don't know if you've ever asked yourself that before, but getting pretty deep. (laughs) Have you ever asked that question? If you're like me, you've asked the question a number of times in the course of your life. As a follower of Christ, the subject of God's will is significant because you yearn to please God. But there's a secondary reason the subject of God's will is so crucial. Many people lack purpose in their lives. Psychologists have admitted that one of the great problems men and women face is a feeling of emptiness and aimlessness. We need to feel that life has purpose and that we are, to some extent, reaching that goal. Unfortunately, you may not be living a meaningful life. You may be so caught up in the busyness of life that you miss the fullness of life. Yet at the core of your being, you long to know and apply God's will. Therefore, if you are to satisfy the soul's quest to know and apply God's will, you must listen to Paul as he lays out some specifics. Now, Keith goes on to dig a little bit deeper into Romans three to eight, but I'd like to take a look specifically at what he said about Romans four to (laughs) five. He says, character transformation is seen especially in our relationship with other believers. Paul compares the physical body and the body of Christ to illustrate the importance of serving. He writes, for just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Three observations jump out from these verses. One, your body has many members. The most visible and prominent gifts are not necessarily the most important gifts. Our vital organs are not visible. So too, the vital members of the body of Christ may be the least visible. We must esteem all who are serving in our local church. Two, every member of the body is important. How important is it that each member Uh, does his or her part, it's vitally important because no two of us have exactly the same function. A non-serving saint is like an ear on the human body that decides it doesn't want to hear today, or a hand that decides it's done far too much and it's taking the day off. Let one of your ears or hands quit working and your whole body will suffer. You may have never thought about how utterly crucial the local church is in the life, in your life in Christ. Do you realize that in belonging to the body, we belong to each other? Connection with Christ means connection with each other. If one arm is bleeding badly, every limb in your body will grow weaker, not just the arm. If one arm is working hard to feed the mouth, every limb will be strengthened. Paul emphasizes the importance of unity amidst diversity. No part of the human body can do everything. This is equally true of the spiritual realm. You need the body because you don't possess all the spiritual gifts. Personally, I find believers who are gifted differently than me fascinating. I tend to respect these individuals in a far greater way than if I possessed their gifts. He says something really interesting at the end here. He says, Did you know you have cancer? You do. Instead of saying someone gets cancer, cancer researchers now say that everyone has cancer. In other words, there are always cancerous cells among the body's trillions of cells. Our health goal is to continually strengthen the body's immune system, our God-given shield of protection, so that rogue cells can be overcome and eliminated, removing their opportunity to multiply and spread we can apply the same strategy to maintain spiritual health. The spiritual body is only as healthy as its weakest part. Or the local church is only as healthy as its weakest member. Physically and spiritually, we are on a lifelong quest to strengthen every cell in our body and every member of Christ's body. So how are you doing in your service? Let me put that question another way. Suppose that everyone in the church were like you. What kind of church would we have? Would we still be able to staff our ministries? Would we still support missionaries around the world? Would we still reach people for Jesus? Would every member of our church body be supported emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially? Let these questions sink into your soul a little bit. If it feels uncomfortable, perhaps the Holy Spirit wants you to do something about it. True worship results in service. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Like it was said in the story of Ubuntu, we think of ourselves far too frequently just as individuals, separated from one another. Whereas you are connected, and what you do affects the whole world. When you do well, it spreads out for the whole of humanity. So we can pretty clearly see that we were designed for this. God created us to do life together, uh, to work as a team, to rely on one another, depend on one another, just like the different parts of our body. Remember, doing life together is to come to a place of dependence on one another. It's a way to trust one another and rely on them to invest in us. And they must rely on us to invest in them. Now, you may be thinking, Lord, I'm involved. I'm involved in this church. I'm here every week. I have, you know, I have my squad, my community over here. Uh, I do life with people. Um, small group, whatever. You know, I've checked the box off. We're good. And to you, I could say, how, how much are you actually opening up with these people? How, how raw are you about the stuff going on in your life? And are there people around you that may not have that same sense of community? Are you just good with kind of your people, and these are my people, but then you kind of forget about the other people? I'm comfortable with these people. You know, this is my small group and there's eight of us and we meet every week and we share all of our feelings and we know everything about each other and that's like what you're saying, right? No. I'm saying it's it's bigger than that. I'm saying, yes, Jesus had his 12 people, but he didn't forget about or exclude the other people. I find in a lot of different church settings, like small groups are amazing and we need to be doing that stuff, but it can easily become Exclusive. This is my group, and, and that's your group. And so things, things like citywide, when we come together, are important to get to know the other people. We don't all have to bear our deepest, darkest secrets to every individual in this room. That's not what I'm telling you to do. But I think there's something more there. I want to encourage you to dig in and get messy. People are messy. Am I right? Drama, drama, drama. Maybe that's just my life. (laughs) Uh, But the trials we face in relationships with other people help make us more like Jesus. And isn't that the goal? We want to love more. We want to treat people like he did. Let's get a little bit more practical, shall we? Hello? Hello? There's a couple things that we can do, and this is not the, like, be-all, end-all list of things. I just wanted to give you a couple practical things that maybe you could take away from this. Number one, if you are not already involved at UCC, but this is what you call your home church, I would challenge you to find a way to get involved. Um, That can mean a number of things. Uh, Set up, greeting prayer team, kids, outreach, tech, the list could go on. If you would like to get involved in some way, shape, or form, please talk to myself or somebody else with a name tag, and we would love to get you more involved here. Great way to, to meet more people, to, to serve. Um, two, make a new friend. Talk to people. Take a second Sunday, like today, to really learn about someone new. So out in the lobby, uh, maybe you did. Maybe you met someone new and you said, Hi, my name's Lauren. Hi, my name's Flo. Okay, cool. Why are you here? Have you been here before? And the conversation kind of ends. But our lives are so much deeper than that. And I'm not saying you have to ask them, you know, like, what's what's your deepest, darkest secret? Like, in the first five minutes that you meet them. Relationships take time. I understand that. Um, But I'm challenging you to make more of an effort to think about your conversations with people to not stay on the shallow level but to ask them about their life to start to get to know them so that you can ask them about the hard times so that you can support them in whatever way that may be whatever they're going through maybe that is financially maybe it's praying for them maybe it's somebody needs um, their kids to, to be watched so that they can go on a date because their marriage is rocky right now whatever that may be getting to know people for real Work sucks. This relationship sucks. How can we How can we work through that? How can I support you? But you can't keep doing that with people unless you get to know them. Ask questions. Lots of questions. What do I have to give back? Where does God want to use me? What can I do to help? I think we get comfortable, like I said before. In your small groups, whatever role you may have on a Sunday morning. You come in, you do your thing. I'm good. They told me to get involved. I'm involved. I serve every couple weeks. I go to church at least three times a month. Do the small group thing. Sometimes I bring food to events. I'm I'm golden. And we just kind of sit there. But God doesn't call us to just to be content, to stop. We are always learning. We should always be striving to be better. There are always areas of improvement. So take some time of reflection and ask questions. Ask God, "Who, who should I be talking to? What more can I be doing? Don't sit and be content where you are. Number four, get messy. And the person who inspired number four would have to be Miss Frizzle. Because (laughs) I just say, take chances, make mistakes, get messy all the time in my head. And she just, you know, she inspires me. So as you go off, I want you to remember the magic school bus and Miss Frizzle uh, when you're dealing with people. And when I'm talking about um, when I'm talking about community, when I'm talking, Keith Krell mentioned uh, serving. I'm, this isn't a, a volunteer plug. I'm not trying to get every one of you, you know, so we can fill our volunteer roster. This is not the point of this. And I'm not saying just UCC on a Sunday morning. I'm saying we go out into the world. We have different jobs. Some of us are in school. You know, we have families. We have, let's get, let's get messy outside of Sunday morning. That church that I mentioned at the beginning, the way that they... I mean, mean, I'm not telling you all to, like, move and we'll all live in up to... Like, I know that's that would be really cool. But, like, I'm not moving, so don't worry about it. Um, But that sort of idea, what they had there, like, somebody from the church was always with somebody else at their house. Or, like, just the... They were all extended family. I have family that lives down the road from me. And we just... There's, like, this unspoken, like... You come over whenever you want, and we'll come over whenever we want. And I'll call you if you know we need a babysitter, and you call me if you need some sugar. And just that like really open relationship with our family that lives like less than a block away. And it's it's that kind of relationship, those kind of vibes that I think we should be creating here. It's very easy to to put on a mask and be shallow on a Sunday morning or with people that you, you don't know very well. And it's a lot of hard work, but I think it would be really worth it. How can we measure our doing life together, our community? Because we do often get content with where we are. How do you know if, if you're involved enough? Or how do you know if you're doing life um counterculturally enough? Um, We have nothing to compare it to, really, other than the Bible. But you can tell what people's priorities are when you look at their bank account, not how much they have, but what they're spending what they have on, and their calendar. So take some time and reflect on that today. Are you talking about community and doing life together? Does your bank account and your calendar show that you're doing life with other people. Cool. I don't want. I feel like communities talked about a lot. This is Uptown Community Church. Um, but I wanted to talk about this because it's so it's so important to me. I mean, I know I'm an extrovert, so maybe it comes a little bit easier to me. But I just think journeying through life is hard. And I'm, and I'm young, and I'm sure there's much more trials and difficult things to come. And already I know that life is hard. It's not, it's not pretty. It's not simple. And in this culture where we live, being a Christian can be really hard trying to be more like Jesus, focusing on our journey with God is, is hard. We have a lot of distractions. And our culture is getting farther and farther away from the things that we believe. We need each other. We need to hold each other accountable. We need support in whatever way that might be, spiritually, financially. We need to depend on each other. And that's not easy. So please, at some point today or this week, take a couple minutes. Reflect on where you spend your time, your money. Get creative. It doesn't have to look the same. Relationships and personalities, everything can look differently. I'm not saying the solution is everybody just needs to take somebody out for coffee and then you're going to be best friends. It's going to look different. But get creative, and get messy because I think God has really cool things for us in community, in deep relationships. Sound good? Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you for this church and for the amazing people uh, that attend this church. God, I pray that today we would leave questioning, ourselves and rethinking what community means i pray that we wouldn't be satisfied with where we are but that we would strive to be more like you that you would teach us how to love one another when it's difficult when it's messy that you would strengthen us and that you would show us how to be like your son jesus that we might forgive more love more that you would just teach us how to do life together I pray for more opportunities for people to do things together, to get introduced, to just be in each other's presence more, that they might find you in those relationships, God, and that as a whole, we would just be strengthened as we continue in our relationships with each other and with you, God, that you would make us a community, a family. Thank you for everything that you've given us. Thank you for your son. Um, and I pray that you would be with us as we go today. In Jesus' name, amen.